What is population health? Why do some people become sick while others don't? How do we study and what can we do to eliminate health inequities? Sick Individuals, Sick Populations, the new podcast series from the Interdisciplinary Association of Population Health Science covers these topics and much more. Join us. Arisha Martinez Cardoso from the University of Chicago. Michael Esposito from the University of Michigan. I'm Daryl Hudson at Washington University in St. Louis. Twice a month as we discuss cutting edge population health research with scholars working across disciplinary boundaries. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Sick Individuals, Sick Populations. And we reached this point where we realized this has been an absolutely grueling last 15 to 16 months for us all. And we need a much needed break. So we're planning to return with some new episodes in August. We've covered in eight months, 20 episodes. So we thought this would be a good place to recap some of our most memorable episodes and to give you a preview of what we're planning to talk about next year. Yeah, it's been really fun to be thrown into the podcast host fire. None of us had any experience with this, but I think we learned a lot. I think we had some great conversations with lots of interesting people. Um, And so we're eager to sort of uh, refresh and retool the podcast a little bit this summer and then hit you all with some cool episodes starting up next fall. Exactly. We've worked out all the kinks, so we're going to be even better <laughs> before. Well, don't count on that, but <laughs> hypothetically, we should be. I know. We, we are professionals now. We are, we are professionals. Yeah, actually. Somebody hire us. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I guess we could start off by talking about some of the episodes that we covered this past year and what have been some of the favorite episodes that we've done. Um, Daryl, do you want to start us off? Oh, a favorite episode. Um, There's been so many of them and I've learned a great deal. I would say the most fun episode was just when we had our election debrief. Mm. Um, Just getting a sense of what's happening in politics and how it relates to population health and so I really enjoyed that episode although my, I find my voice very cringeworthy so I've never actually gone back and listened <laughs> to it but it, it was fun to to do that episode so that's what I would say for sure yeah I would I would echo kind of that sentiment and also add like the folks that we had on before and after uh the podcast I think like Nadia Brown it kind of Dr. Nadia Brown to mind in particular to you know have like a real expert kind of add mm-hmm. us bozos <laughs> like about like <laughs> in situating that like in terms of population health in particular I thought that was like a real kind of fun and kind of fascinating um area that maybe I wouldn't normally go into yeah for sure you know uh, maybe not popular opinion but I sort of liked the conference podcasts um because it was just a different way to learn about people's work and a different way for people to talk about their work. I, I hope we do them again next fall. Uh, Cause I think you sort of only get snippets of people's work when they present it. Um, and who else? Uh, Mati's podcast about the vaccine uptake and equity. I think the topic was amazing, but she was amazing. <laughs> like I learned a lot from her about being sort of like this fearless 
scientists, uh, you know, and taking up the stake for the communities that she cares about. So that was definitely such a, um, a cool podcast to be a part of. And she's like a, a force to be reckoned with. So definitely encourage people to check that one out. Yeah, I was glad that she was able to join us. She's a she's a rock star. And I feel like we've been able to get at the ground floor level. I'm, I'm sure at some mm. point she'll be like an ABC News <laughs> health correspondent or something at some point in the near future. So um, if you if you haven't heard it already, you heard it here first at IAPHS. <laughs> when she makes it big, hopefully she'll bring us along too. Cast us. Right. Yeah. Yes. That yes. Right. Right, yeah, she might be the next Richard Besser. So he's the <laughs> there you go. Correspondent. Now he's running RWJ. So I think that might be the pathway that she's on. Mm-hmm. I think something too that I really like that we did, and I hope that we kind of do a bit more kind of moving forward, were things like talking to the graduate students about like kind of like their experiences with kind of it. Uh, graduate students and early professors and like kind of navigating the job market and just trying to go to Zoom University all day, right? I think there was like some real honest kind of feedback and some insights there. Um, and like, yeah, I really appreciate that. And I just really hope that we kind of get more in addition to doing all this, like kind of really kind of like compelling kind of science-based talk, like actually just kind of talking to people about their experiences in the academy and kind of like how that intersects with um, big things, right? We probably won't have another COVID pandemic um, that will be as impactful, right? (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. In more of those on the ground stories, I think it's like really kind of like really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think, Mike, that you made a good point. And, you know, one of my favorite episodes was talking to Nadia Brown and, I think that the more we can reach outside of the traditional population health fields to bring Mm. in people who are in political science, for example, or other fields that we can think of, that would probably be beneficial to our listeners and to to us too. Those are fun episodes to do. Yeah. And like last shameless plug for IAPHS, I feel like when you get part of an association, it just feels so like foreign, you don't really talk to people outside of the conference, but like, you know, we talked to the conference organizers, um, both last year's conference and the upcoming conference. We also talked to the, you know, the community partner award winners to talk a little bit about their work. And so it just sort of contextualizes IAPHS a little more, like, so people can see what's sort of happening behind the scenes. Um, Which I think for me has been like a great professional development um, project. So definitely, a lot for early career folks to learn from the podcast so we learned a lot this year I learned a lot like I think I was sort of at my bandwidth for media and like reading right because there was just so much information and but I learned a lot by being a podcast host so I wonder if we can talk a little bit about some surprising things that we learned or um, just things that maybe informed some of our work this year that we came across through the podcast yeah I mean I think favorite thing that I learned absolutely was when we had Jeff Ward on and what was the term eco diesel was diesel what was it called again eco or something whatever (laughs) yeah learn it well enough but like the whole concept and kind of like uh you know now I'm in Missouri and kind of just walking around it's like kind of comes into my head when I see people kind of like around here and some of the kind of performative um um things that our people are kind of doing um kind of related to that yeah. 
I think it was petromasculinity. Petro, was, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good term. I had never heard that before. <laughs> I see Jeff all the time. I, well, not during pandemic times, but yeah. I see him sometimes on Zoom, and I've never heard him talk about that before. So that was that was a neat one. Um, I think I learned a lot about the pandemic. Obviously, we're living through it, and I think you know all of us who are interested in population health. But it's not so much just, you know, how vaccines work or what you can do to improve the dissemination of the vaccine. But I learned a lot about communication and how do you reach certain target audiences? I know I ask my students to consider that often, but hearing some experts, so going back to the conference, um, there was some like Devin Grayson and Rich Carpiano were talking about some of the things that they thought were really important to note as related to um, accuracy of information around the virus and the eventual vaccine, they kind of forecasted what would happen in that regard. So that was really eye-opening for me and thinking about how to combat misinformation and disinformation. Um, another aspect of that was hearing um, Dr. Maddie's um, kind of personalized approach to dealing with vaccine hesitancy among her own patients. Um, I think that's another aspect that I really appreciate is the, the patient perspective. So we often think about populations and that is where our name for our, mm. our podcast is derived is this balance between cases and causes. So individual cases versus population level causes. And so her perspective really reminded me hey, we got to think about individuals as well and how they're communicating risk with those individuals and what they're doing to, you know, spread more accurate information to bat down misinformation. I found those those podcasts helpful in communicating to my own network about mm -hmm. the vaccine and why they should take it because there's certainly a lot of people who are still hesitant. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I think those were, were helpful. Yeah. Yeah, the other term I learned, uh, in addition to the petromasculinity was the the idea of like, uh, what is it called information hygiene or internet hygiene, I, I can't, this was from the nerdy girls podcast, where they talked about how, um, you know, just teaching people or working with people to understand like the information sources that they're getting and making sure that they are sort of vetting their information and like have the capacity and the savviness to that. Um, and I'm like, man, do I do that for myself? Cause I'm probably drinking Kool-Aid too, you know? Um, and so just thinking about how to get out of my own information bubble. Um, and then as scientists thinking about how to get out of our own science bubble, especially as public trust in science is eroding and, um, you know, inequities are getting wider and larger, rural-urban divide. That is something we talked about a lot this um, podcast season. So lots to think about that I had never really thought about before um, as it interfaces with my own interests and my own work, for sure. Yeah. And it was nice to see that coming in different angles, too. So you had, like, we had talked a lot about the pandemic and, like, how this information hygiene and getting out of your bubble and communicating with folks that are different, which is hard for academics, um, you know, like in relation to the pandemic. But I think like even in like kind of a different way, but kind of a similar kind of like underlying idea is like kind of that really great podcast that we had on with the um, kind of Houston area, kind of Sunnyside League and 
um, I think it was Rachel Kimber who was at uh, Rice, right? And like kind of just walking through like, okay, how did this like kind of like relationship kind of get done? And like, how did you kind of communicate ideas here and kind of like help one each other make such a successful collaboration, right? Just again, kind of just walking through and being like, oh, right, this is, <laughs> this is how we make work matter, right? Um, was like really, really like kind of a great learning experience. Yeah, this is how like we talk to regular people who aren't a bunch of nerds like us uh, yeah. <laughs> about this work. Like this yeah. gets done, really helpful. Absolutely. So why don't we turn the page a little bit? Um, we spend a lot of time in our nerdy space. So I'm just kind of curious about what you all have been doing during the pandemic. What type of habits, hobbies, have you baked bread? Have you <laughs> taken up a new exercise regimen? What are some of the things that you all have done? Or perhaps some self-reflection, like what is something that you've learned about yourself or your network, et cetera, um, that's happened, especially when we were all locked down? Mm. Do you want to start, Daryl? Yeah, you <laughs> I, I, I want to go last. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna I mean, mic drop I'll, something amazing on us. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I, I've got nothing exciting happening. Really, I'm just like sitting on the floor, kind of like because I just moved recently, right? And so, COVID has created this humongous kind of like wait line for uh, kind of furniture. So, actually, you can see my desk set up right here. Sorry, audience. This is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there's delays are not our furniture's not going to be shipped for months um so it's mainly just been sitting on the floor watching basketball watching the playoffs. that's been <laughs> work sleep watch basketball and sit on the floor has been exactly what I'm doing for the so you didn't get into any of the like pandemic trends like the baking the bread or the I don't know, online workout routine or no, no, none of it. Absolutely none of it. I guess the other thing too, is that I've learned that I'm pretty okay with not seeing anybody for a long time, mm. <laughs> a little depressing, <laughs> a little dark, but we won't go too much into that. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I feel quite the opposite. I feel like I dug into all the pandemic trends. Um, definitely did like the gourmet cooks a lot last summer, the cup, the like cocktail kits, that was a big thing in Chicago. I don't know if it was a big thing any, anywhere else we did that. Um, the Zoom Netflix parties, the Zoom game nights, did all wow. that. I contemplated a pandemic puppy. I'm super glad I did not do that because now everybody has these socially anxious pandemic yep. dogs and they have no idea what they're gonna do with so if you're a listener and you have one of those like i i i'm sorry um don't, don't forget about the separation anxiety too. yeah the separation it's, it's anxiety dogs. dogs yeah yeah um i did i did lead into the home decor i think like everybody else did like my, my this wall's painted and i painted another wall and uh, behind me i assembled a murphy bed that we're very very proud of it's like a wall bed so <laughs> nice. we did all the things we did all the things um but uh, I'm glad to get out of my house hopefully soon and um, get out into the real world and back into my office. So, yeah. 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 You could have gone, gone first, Horatia, not like <laughs> aim with all that you did. <laughs> like worked on my story a little bit more. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that um, for myself, it was more like suck because I didn't like Mike. I didn't get into like the trends because honestly, the volume of work has just been so immense. It mm. feels like a steady wave that I can never find my my balance on top of the surfboard. So I've come up with a new phrase. I always say that trying to keep my head above water, but now I've just got my scuba gear. I'm just mm. underwater mm. all the time. Um, so as long as I have my scuba gear, I'm, I'm in good shape. Um, but that being said, I think that um, the realization of, especially being in public health, firmly trained in public health and all that, you kind of lose sight sometimes of the fragility of life. And I think that through this year, um, just knowing people personally who've had COVID, who've passed from COVID, um, seeing the impacts of the distancing on people on the other side of life who are being birthed into the world and mm. there's no one around them. Um, it just makes you appreciate health and wellness and in a way that I think that I hadn't before. And I think I just celebrated um, a birthday on Tuesday. Um, and so just thinking about my advancing age and mm. so many people this year we've, we've, lost and there there are folks that are close to home like James Jackson for example um just you know I, the list goes on to Leaf Mullings and other folks who we all know and and grew up respecting and um so it really reinforces to despite being underwater all the time to really appreciate this thing while we have it and those who are surrounding us. So that's my profound mic drop. Mm. See, that's why you went last. Yeah, that's exactly good one. Yeah. I think that's just been like a thing. Like, so not me, because I'm not in public health, but I think there's something similar, Daryl, that like just generally kind of feel the public health is oh, if Twitter is like any indication of like what people are thinking that the field of public health is kind of coming to that realization too. And then also to like what their role in kind of like kind of, you know, in, in, in that idea is, right? I think that the pandemic for a lot of people and kind of realizing like, you know, that there were some mistakes made early on by the field of public health that kind of like did kind of like, you know, have real world consequences uh, for like a lot of people and like a lot of people's like lives. And I think that's something that's kind of like bubbling up that people are kind of like in the fields of re reckoning with probably a lot of our kind of like members mm. uh, i'll be interested in maybe we can get at some of this like kind of moving forward in future podcasts to kind of bring folks in and be like well how has this kind of like just like really kind of like shape your kind of like perception of your field what it means mm. for and things like that yeah yeah i think you know we were having conversations throughout this year about um you know just really thinking about compassion and being thoughtful of like your neighbors and you know work essential workers um the racial protests um of last summer I think brought to the fore a lot of questions about you know the racial inequality that still plagues our nation and so I, I wonder how we're going to come out of it this summer this next year um as a nation, but also as scholars, right? As we contend with our role with a lot of these just big issues. Um, 
you know, one of the reasons I think that I dug so much into some of my home projects was also understanding like my limits, like the academy will not save me. And so like, I sort of have to preserve myself. And for those who don't know, like my tenure clock got stopped. So I was like, you know what? I'll never get this ever again in my life. So I'm leaning into it, you know? So, um, and I hope that everybody just does our best to continue to try to take care of ourselves um, even as we emerge from the pandemic and social isolation. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope some of that gets baked into like how we decide to do academia, right? From the future, right? Like, I don't know actually who makes the rules for academia, but after seeing like, um, you know, like how much of a struggle kind of for kind of folks in our kind of industry, especially kind of like people just getting started, like how much of a struggle COVID was, right? And not, not, not even just like on, a, on like kind of like, you know, the emotional toll from kind of experience and death, but just like how a very kind of structure of how we have things is just kind of like really fragile. You can like make people stay at home and the way that we've set this up, um, it's just like a huge kind of like, it just makes life hard to like have thing, things like that happen. So I hope that we kind of like all sit down, the council of like academics who make all the rules, <laughs> sit down and say, hey, maybe we need to like do things a little bit different, right? <laughs> like maybe we need to think about tenure differently. Maybe we need to think about teaching differently, uh, work expectations, and really kind of like, I hope that we kind of come together and mm. uh, kind of really question some of the things that were revealed uh, during the pandemic straight up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many things that we have learned or, or if not new to people, they've underscored these mm -hmm. issues like, caregiving for example whether you have small kids or you're you're dealing with older individuals in your life um what can we do to better support people who are primary caregivers um thinking about the vulnerability of folks who are on their tenure track and things that happen outside of their control and should we be driving people to to be seeking out these really unrealistic, unreasonable expectations. Um, and what's the effect on people's mental and physical health when they're trying to chase those those carrots that you never can quite reach? Um, so I think there's a lot of, I think that council will be really important. I, I would like to know when that, that meeting is being held. Um, <laughs> so I think one thing that has been, you know, in addition to considerations about work-life balance and, and all that is, kind of the effect of being in these fields and seeing the just experience the psychic trauma of you know George Floyd and, and other people who whose names that we just the name the list just keep going on and on and on and keep growing and I think that is something that I hope that we can remember and people can can make space for for scholars who are dedicated to equity, who are dedicated to reducing um, the burden of disease for, for different populations, but we're not quite doing the work in terms of how to support those people. So I think we, the jury is still out and what we can do to, to support folks like us who are doing this work. All right, so that was somber. Let's, uh, let's think about some fun stuff. What, what are some fun things that you're doing to take care of yourself this this summertime? Whatever summer, I know people think that academics don't work over the summer, but 
What are we doing this summer during our our summer quote unquote summer vacation? Uh, well, mine officially starts tomorrow. I'm still grading. I'm on a quarter system. So tomorrow I'm actually flying back home to California and I'll be in the really fun part of California at Fresno. Uh, it's not very fun. <laughs> it's like 109 degrees to visit my mom, but then I'll be in San Diego. And then, I don't know, coming back to Chicago. My fun thing is if I can get myself to do it, uh, I, uh, I dabble in triathlons, and so I'm really trying to train for um, triathlon, the Chicago triathlon at the end of this summer. So hopefully that'll, a lot of work, but hopefully a little bit of training. I know it's a little masochistic to say, like training for triathlon is fun, but it gets my body moving. So what about you all? Nothing like that. Nothing like that at all. Triathlons, three events. What are the three things? Uh, a swim, bike, run. Yeah. yeah. I can't even do two of those things, right? Like, <laughs> right. Start. Everyone so. can. It's what people say, oh, no. and then you do it, and you're like, no. Nah. No, I, I would be sinking. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, going on? Uh, I am going to try to take some days off that is my big goal to have a few days where i can just completely unplug mm. i'd like to go somewhere i haven't booked any place yet but i'm thinking about going somewhere where i can just rest and relax in some way shape or form whether it's in my where i'm located right now out of my my living space or going somewhere else that will transport me to a place of rest and relaxation and restoration that is the that is the thing that I I want to be bored in other yeah. words like <laughs> I would love to get to a point where I could just sit and be like wow I haven't done anything for a while let me let me pick up something maybe that'll inspire some new ideas and I doubt that'll start dabbling in triathlons that's something <laughs> major I can't do like half of the things in the triathlon um, but definitely some time off. I hear that yeah you definitely deserve it <laughs> you definitely deserve it with all you've done this year yeah yeah again I've got much less exciting things to do what I'm hoping to do and have been doing uh it's just wandering around St. Louis and getting getting used to the city that's a little hard when it's like 100 degrees outside which yeah. is why I moved here again <laughs> from I was in the northwest where it was 75 and beautiful every day but yeah, so it's just been a lot. Yeah, like I'm just excited to kind of get around town and kind of explore things a little bit more. I've already seen quite a lot of interesting things. There, the city is absolutely wild, like <laughs> absolutely, absolutely wild and uh, kind of ways that we'll have to talk about offline. Uh, so yeah, that's mainly what I've got going on, trying to just get my life situated. And uh, like I said, finish these, uh, finish these playoffs, these NBA playoffs. That's going to be my life for the next couple of months. Well, for for better or worse, St. Louis is it's got a lot to offer, but it feels like I don't know if you if you all are experiencing this in general, but as things have been opening up, and I've got my I'm probably got my my two vaccines and fully vaxxed, um, it just feels like there's so many things to do now. It feels like a world of possibilities. I'm like, whoa! I didn't even know about <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Um, wait, there's movies you can go to movies now, like yeah. That's yeah. the thing that's occurring. So it feels like a renewed 
um, appreciation for all the things that I used to take for granted. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I walked into a coffee shop yesterday and I like sat in it and it was like, whoa, this is really weird. It like almost got like emotional <laughs> experience just to be like sitting in it was a dumpy at, or a dumpy coffee shop. <laughs> Shouldn't have been like that. But yeah, like it's like, oh, there's things to do. The world's reopening. So yeah, excited for all that. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to see people. So here in Chicago, um, after 5 p.m. any day through like the big parks, there's just people out there with like their barbecues and like music. It's just nice to see people really just out there now that we can be. Um, you know, certainly people are doing the restaurants and the shopping and all that, but um, just seeing people enjoy the outdoors in new ways and just being together has been really nice to see. Um, yeah, but I, I issue a challenge. I think next time, summer 2022, we can, uh, we should do a podcast host triathlon relay. So each of us does one segment. So, you know, if you can't swim, you can run. If you can't bike, you can swim. <laughs> Daryl's already shaking his head no. All right, I'm gonna just throw it out there. You know, you have a year to think about it. Okay, it's out there. It'll stay out there. <laughs> Walking, let's add walking into there. There you go. Because <laughs> we respect all ability statuses here at IAPHS. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. We do that too. That's totally fine. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good recap of where we've been for this first season of our beloved podcast, Sick Individuals, Sick Populations. And we really appreciate the listeners for bearing with us as we get our feet under us and learn how to be podcast hosts and deal with and grapple with massive social and health issues that are capturing the, the global attention. So next year, our conference theme, so just forecasting to um, when we might be able to get back to, to normal in a face-to-face -face conference, the theme will be racism, power, and justice, achieving population health equity. And so we're really looking forward to um, coming together and sharing ideas around that. And we'll definitely have another set of podcasts that reflect the, the contemporary times and also some of the old foes that are root causes that we know that vex us and we haven't quite got under control. So. Thanks again for listening. We're looking forward to joining you again after again after some well-deserved rest and relaxation. Thank you.